All right, welcome to Flip the Script Podcast. So Twitter Files Parts 3, 4, and 5 have been released over the weekend. Part 3 was released on Friday, Part 4 on Saturday, and Part 5 on Monday, December 12th. A lot of journalists and commentators were not too happy with the releasing on Friday and Saturday since those are slow news days and a lot of these guys work Monday through Friday and they're not planning on covering these files that were dropped on Friday and Saturday. A lot of journalists are trying to downplay it. But there was a lot of interesting things in these files. I read through them all and I picked out some key points that I want to discuss that I find to be very important. Now, Twitter Files Part 1, which showed the censoring of the Hunter Biden laptop story and how Vijay Gotti was the one to basically call the shots on that. But it was also found out that prior to the independent journalists, Matt Taibbi and Barry Weiss, receiving the Twitter files to review them, that they were first reviewed by a guy named James Baker, who was the former FBI deputy general counsel, who at the time of the files being released was the current general counselor at Twitter. He was reviewing these files and cleaning anything up that was linking the FBI to Twitter. He was later fired by Elon Musk once that came out. On parts three and four, we see a clear link between the FBI and Twitter executives meeting with the FBI and intelligence agencies on at least a weekly basis. And Twitter files dump parts four show the lead up to the banning of Donald Trump and part five, the actual banning of Donald Trump. And what could be noted there is that Twitter employees recognized that Trump did not violate any of their policies that would warrant a ban. So they had to make one up. So we're going to go through these one by one, but first make sure that you hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, and make sure you share this. It's the best way to help this podcast out. All right, so let's get right into it. So as the election approached, Twitter executives were under pressure from federal agencies and they struggled with rules and began to use violations as a pretext to ban Donald Trump. As we can see here, Executive Urell Roth is very excited to be working with the FBI and other intelligence agencies. He jokes about how he can't find generic enough calendar descriptions to hide the fact that he is meeting with the FBI. And he even jokes about how putting it in his calendar as I'm definitely not meeting with the FBI. So Twitter and federal law enforcement and intelligence agencies were communicating about content moderation of election information. This is one thing that I find extremely disturbing because if we cannot openly discuss about our election process, then do we really have fair, open, and honest elections? If us peasants can't even talk about discrepancies, that I find extremely disturbing and you should too. So FBI actually sends reports about tweets relating to election integrity for Twitter to review for moderation. Matt Taibbi goes on to say that he does not see any moderation requests from the Donald Trump campaign, the Donald Trump White House, or any Republicans in general. This was something that he mentioned in his first stump, and he said that these channels of moderation were open to Democrats and Republicans, but that Democrats used it a lot more. But this was said before James Baker was fired. So James Baker might have put in there that it was open to both, but they haven't seen any requests from Donald Trump or the Republicans. Just keep that in mind. So inside Twitter, employees want Donald Trump banned. They are putting extreme pressure on the executives to ban Donald Trump with little pushback from anybody inside the company except for a few minority. This person specifically is from China and they said that they have a problem with censorship because it destroys public discussion. After January 6th, Washington Post publishes a letter signed by 300 Twitter employees to Jack Dorsey demanding that Donald Trump is banned. However, employees that were tasked with reviewing Donald Trump's tweets came and said that he didn't violate any policies that would warrant a banning. Now, even an employee named Anika Navaroli, who testified at January 6th committee hearings, said that Donald Trump did not violate any policies. Now, she had said in the January 6th committee hearings that she, for months, was begging Twitter to do something about Donald Trump because she feared that if they didn't take action, people would die. However, here, she doesn't see any problem with anything that Donald Trump is saying. 
no policy violations. And to put in context how Twitter employees are treating Donald Trump, you have to look at how they deal with other world leaders. And there's many examples, and I don't even want to, I don't even want to say what some of these leaders are saying, but um, put the tweets up from Barry Weiss of some of the things that these world leaders are saying, and they didn't get censored. They didn't get banned. They're still on Twitter. You can still look these posts up. And they took no action on any of these world leaders who were actually calling for violence. So you can see the discrepancy in how they treat Donald Trump and how they treat other world leaders. So about 90 minutes after Twitter employees deemed that Donald Trump has not violated any Twitter policies, Vijaya Gotti basically sends out messages saying, well, find me a reason why we could ban him. So they went back to the drawing board and they concluded that, oh, when Donald Trump tweets out American patriots, he's talking about rioters on January 6th, which means that he is using code to talk to rioters to incite further violence. And that's the route that they went to justify banning Donald Trump off of Twitter. So about one hour later after that, Donald Trump is permanently banned from Twitter and Twitter erupts in celebrations. So that's pretty interesting. We see it happen the very next day after Donald Trump is banned from Twitter. Twitter employees immediately sets their sights on more content moderation, specifically of medical misinformation. So now they see this as a victory and they say, oh, we banned Donald Trump. Now, what else could we censor? What else could we ban? These employees recognize that Twitter's longstanding policy of not being the arbiter of truth was wrong and that they should be the arbiters of truth. They have the platform. They can control what people think and what people believe, and they control who has a voice and who doesn't. Meanwhile, the banning of Donald Trump sent shockwaves across the world, and even other foreign leaders have a big problem with it. Specifically, the French President Emmanuel Macron, the former German Chancellor Angela Merkel, and a whole bunch of other world leaders expressed how they are not comfortable with a Another world leader, Donald Trump, being banned off of Twitter. Emmanuel Macron even said that he does not want to live in a democracy where these types of decisions are made by private players. And this opened up a whole bunch of free speech issues. Now, the key things I want to show that are important here is the FBI and intelligence agencies influence over a private company of Twitter. The reason why this is important is because the government cannot censor free speech. So they tried to get around it by using private companies to censor free speech. This causes a bunch of problems with media companies and Section 230. That gives these big tech companies immunity over what's on the platform. And you cannot sue a media company for defamation because they are considering themselves not to be publishers. Like you could sue the New York Times for defaming you. You could sue Alex Jones for defaming you. But you can't sue Twitter. You can't sue Facebook. But if these companies are taking marching orders from the federal government, FBI and intelligence agencies, then they should have their status under Section 230 removed. We should be able to sue these companies for violations of First Amendment because they are violating First Amendment rights on behalf of the federal government, the FBI and intelligence agencies. And we'll see who else, maybe Democratic politicians as well, which we already know that they've taken barking orders from AOC already. So interesting to see what else comes out. All I can say is I'm happy that Elon Musk has bought Twitter. I'm glad that all of this is coming to light. A lot of it is stuff that we already knew, but now we're just seeing it being confirmed. So remember, United States is not a democracy. It's a constitutional republic. Keep your mind sharp. Don't listen to the media. This is Flip the Script podcast out.